Good morning. Well, how do you follow that? Like Becky said, um, I'm going to be talking about new wine this morning. And we sang the song New Wine earlier. And that, that's what I want to base what I'm talking about around. So you'll probably hear reference to it in there as well. And, you know, new wine's like anything. When there's something new, it can be really exciting or it can be quite scary, really. It can be a good thing, something you can, or sometimes it can be a bad thing, and we can think, I, I don't really want to do something new. I don't, I don't want to change how I do my job at work. I, I, don't, I don't want this relationship to be new and different. Sometimes we like things as they are, um, and, and that's, that's okay. That's, that's as we are as humans, naturally. We very often like to stay with things as we think they are or as they are. But, you know, God wants to do something new and something fresh in our lives. God wants to, to change where we are and, and, and take us on to a new place and bring newness in. And that can be a bit scary sometimes. And we can think that it's a bad thing sometimes. But I'm hoping this morning as I talk to you, you'll begin to see that when God does something new in you, even though it can feel bad, sometimes and even though it can feel scary sometimes that God brings good out of all those things and you know new wine what a weird thing to talk about it's like new wine what, what's that all about well you know the bible talks about new wine an awful lot it talks about it in the old testament pre-Jesus and it talks about it in the new testament even Jesus himself talks about new wine and and in the bible new wine um, was a symbol for them of of a good harvest it was a symbol for them of plenty and it was a symbol for them of blessing and so when we talk about new wine that's what we're talking about. We're talking about there being a harvest, there being plenty and a blessing. And that's what new wine is all about. And so this morning, as I talk about new wine, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that there's blessing, that there's plenty for you. Paul spoke the other week about that we serve an almighty God, that there is more than enough. And that's what new wine is saying. It's saying that there is more than enough for you. Whether this season's good or bad, whether it's exciting or scary, no matter how you feel in it, God wants to bring more than enough out in you with new wine. So as strange a thing to talk about as that may seem, that is what new wine means. And as well in the Bible, new wine is associated with the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus came and, and he died on the cross and he came back to life and he said to his disciples, I'm going to leave somebody with you to help you. And he left the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is here to help us, to be with us, to guide us, to support us, to comfort us, to challenge and change us, to live within us. And so that new wine is the Holy Spirit within us doing something new, something fresh, saying, I know that you may be living like this or that you're living like that, but I want to do a new work in you. And I know you're finding it really hard to actually change and do it on your own. So I'm sending the Holy Spirit who's going to help you. And you know, sometimes in life it can be really hard and we can think, I want to change, I want to be different, I want to see things differently, I don't want to be like this, but how do I do that? And God says, I'm going to send someone to help you. And 
it may seem strange because you can't see the Holy Spirit, but he's there to support you and encourage you and guide you. And if you want some more information about and want to understand that more, then Courses Life Alpha and New Believers are great courses to get more information on that and can help you understand that and digest that. New wine in Bible times was just basically what they drank. That's what they drank. They drank new wine. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But hopefully that just sort of sets a scene for you on what I think sounds quite a strange title for a message, new wine. And for some people, you get that and understand that. But for some people, it can say, well, what's that about new wine? I don't even like wine. I don't drink wine. I prefer wine that's been, you know, in the cellar for like 50 years and it tastes better. But there's something significant in the Bible. And if we understand that, then when we talk about new wine, it makes more sense. So hopefully that helps just to put a little bit of context behind what I'm going to say. And as Becky said, and, and, and people have said this morning, we've renamed the church Breathe New Life. And this morning, as I talk about new, new wine, it's about that new life coming into you. And sometimes it comes in through difficult seasons. And sometimes it comes in through good seasons. But whatever it is for you, God wants to breathe that new life into you this morning. God wants to do something new and fresh in you this morning. God doesn't want to leave you where you are. And you may think, I don't even know God. I don't know what you're talking about. But God wants to do something new in you. God wants to say, I want to get to know you for the first time. God wants to say, I want to get to know you more. Maybe you do know God. And he wants to get to know you more and do something fresh within you. So wherever you're at on that journey, wherever, whatever you think of God, God loves you and wants to do something new in you. And that new thing is a good thing and is a blessing. So my message is a message of two halves. The first half is the things that new wine needs. New wine needs certain things. And when you read in Luke 5 verse 37, in the Passion Translation, it says this, And who pours new wine into an old wineskin? If somebody did, the old wineskin would burst and the new wine would be lost. New wine must always be poured into new wineskins. Now, this is just a practical tip if you're a winemaker, to be fair. It is. For people who were winemakers, and to be honest with you, most people... In Bible times, most Israelites would have been subsistent farmers, and so they would have lived off their own produce. Most of them would have had a vineyard because they wouldn't have drank the water because, like most water back in the day, it wasn't fresh and clean, and it didn't come out of a tap. So they drank wine because it was healthier for them. And this, these few verses are basically saying, when you make new wine, don't put it in your old wineskin from last year. Because when they had wineskins, they were often made out of um, animal um, hair and, and, and skin. And when they put the new wine in, the, the skin would stretch. And it would stay in there and it would be fine because the wine would still be in some way fermenting and changing. So it would cause the wineskin to, to grow. But if you'd saved your wineskin from last year because you were trying to recycle and you drank all your new wine from last year and you'd saved it and thought, I'm going to use my old wineskin to put the new wineskin in, you'd have a problem because the, the skin was no longer flexible by this point. The skin would have dried up and become hard and it would have lost its flexibility because it wouldn't have been as recently 
sorry for all you animal lovers in there, taken from the animal and still had a bit of give in it. It would have gone stiff and hard, like things generally do when they've died. So in a year's time, when you put new wine in, it wouldn't be stretching no more. It would just be splitting at the seams. So that new wine that you've spent the whole last 12 months investing in, putting all your fertilizer in, growing, protecting, looking after that new wine that you've spent all that time on would suddenly be all over the floor and of no use to you anymore. In the same way, When something different and new happens, we need to sometimes change. We need to change how we are. If God wants to do something new in our lives, whether that's meeting us for the first time and us saying, well, actually, yeah, I want to become a Christian. I want to know more about God. Whether we're further down the line of that journey of relationship with God and God wants to do something new and something fresh within our lives, then we need to change There needs to be a changing of the vessel that that new wine that the Holy Spirit is poured into. And we've got to ask God, what do I need to be? How do I need to be to receive the new that you're doing? It's so easy to get caught up in, well, this is how I do church. This is how I do my relationship with God. This is how I live my life. So this is how I will live. And then we wonder why when God's doing something new, we're like, it just doesn't feel right. It's not, it doesn't sit with me. Well, it won't sit with you unless you allow yourself to become flexible again and allow the new wine to come in. When God does something new, then we need to be a flexible vessel for what God's doing to come in. We need to look to God and understand, God, what are you doing in this season? How do I need to be in this season? What does my attitude need to be like? How do I need to respond and react to things in this season for me to receive the new thing that you are doing in me? We've got to look what God's doing so that we can be the wineskin that he needs for the season of the new thing that he's doing within us. There's a quote by a guy, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, but it's up on the screen, and it says this, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You can come with nothing. God's not asking for anything. God's not asking for you to work it up or work it out or do something different or get your life all right and all your ducks in order and everything right and stop swearing and stop doing them things you shouldn't be doing and stop going them places you shouldn't be doing and stop smoking and stop drinking and whatever it is. God's not asking for any of that. God's asking for you to come with nothing. God plus nothing. You are the plus nothing. I am the plus nothing. He don't want you to come with anything. He wants you to come flexible. He wants you to come ready. Because when you are, it equals everything. Everything you need. Everything you've ever wanted. Everything that you thought, I'll never be like that, can come because of Jesus. As long as we come as the plus nothing and let go of our being rigid and let go of our being stuck in our old ways and let go of our being stuck in our old lifestyle and say, well, this is how they always did it in the day. 
This is how they always did it in my day. This is just how I live my life. This is how my mum and dad did it. This is how I've always, don't tell me what to do. God says, just come, be flexible and allow him to fill you afresh with the new thing that he is doing. New wine needs new wine skins. Are you ready this morning for God to turn you into a new wine skin? To take away what you've known before. To take away what worked before. Because it held the wine before and it worked. But now God's doing a new thing. So with the new thing, we need to become new ourselves so that we're in a place that we can contain the new that God is doing and bringing. New wine needs new wine skins. The second thing that new wine, th- new wine needs is exposure. Let's be honest. New wine tastes a bit rank. You have old wine, it's fermented, it's sat, it's mallowed, it's got to this place where it's, it's, it's just, it's strong, it's a bit stewed. It, it, it's, it's, I don't even like wine. I, I don't even drink it. I just, I just spit on wine. I don't even like it. But that's beside the point. I can still talk on it by the grace of God. But generally, people like a more fuller flavoured wine. New wine, in comparison to that, can be sour, can be lively and punchy. It's a very, very different taste. And I think looking at our modern day eyes, we'll look at new wine and think, what, what, what's, all the, what's all the excitement about new wine? We, we perhaps prefer in a more modern setting, an older, more mature wine. But in... In the day when the Israelites drank the wine, their wine had been sitting for 12 months in the old wineskin. And by the time it got to when the new wine was getting ready, the old wine tasted a bit like vinegar. So you're going to be happy with the new wine because it's got more of a great flavour. It's going to be better. Let's be honest, who wants to drink vinegar? Grace and I watched a really old episode of Mr. Bean last night and, and he, he'd invited some people round and it was New Year's Eve and he got his wine out and there was none in so he mixed it with like a load of vinegar and he shared it out. Yeah, that went down a treat. He also served some twigs with some something on him on a plate. Marmite, did you watch it? It was that one. Marmite and, and there, was, there was one like twiglet and he had that and he gave his friends some twigs with Marmite on I've digressed. (laughs) New wine needs exposure. New wine needs a fresh palate to taste the new that's coming. According to experts, to accept a new taste or a new food, we need to be exposed to it at least 15 times. Seriously. Now, you may be thinking, I've been eating sprouts for the last however many years I've been alive at Christmas, and that exposure is just not working. But can I encourage you, you've got until Christmas to get 15 episodes of Sprouts in so that Christmas Day you could enjoy them. Try it. You may suddenly change your taste buds, but according to experts, it takes 15 times. So when you're fighting with your children or your other half to try and get them to eat their vegetables, just be aware, I've got to do this 14 more times before they're actually going to eat it. So encourage yourself to keep going that you can do it. 
Luke 5 verse 39 says this, and this is Jesus. It says, yet you say the old ways are better and you refuse to even taste the new that I bring. Jesus wants to bring something new to your life. Jesus wants to bring something new. But very often we will refuse to even taste it because we're so stuck in what we think is right from the past. In what we think is right, what we're doing in the now. But Jesus wants to bring something new. And he knows that we struggle sometimes with new things. He knows that we struggle to change our lives and be different. But can he encourage you? Keep coming. Keep allowing Jesus to speak into your life. Keep allowing him to talk to you through the Bible. Keep praying to him. And that exposure to Jesus will begin to produce a different taste on your palate. So that you're like, actually, I know before I thought this was wonderful. But actually, wow, sprouts, who knew? And it can be like that with God sometimes. We can think, what is he doing? What is going on? What, what is all this God stuff about? I just don't know. But the more we suck it and see, the more we get used to it and suddenly realize, actually, this is better. This is better than what I knew before. Before, I thought my life was great. Before, I thought everything was okay. Before, I thought I could order everything and put everything in place and make sure everything worked out. But when I look back now on my life and I think, actually, I was self-harming. Actually, I was suffering with depression. Actually, I was suffering with an eating disorder. But now I look and I think, God's done something new in me. So the thing that I thought, well, actually, that was okay, and it was helping me, and I was working through my life, and it was going all right, but actually, God did something new, and those things of the old just taste repulsive now and are not helpful to me, but God does something new that you think, wow, I'm accepted. He loves me. I'm never alone. doesn't matter what goes on. There are other things that fill me up in those areas that I no longer have to look to the past for. And we need to lay down those old flames. We need to lay down those things that we've loved. And sometimes they're not necessarily wrong. Sometimes they aren't helpful. But we need to lay those old flames down so that we can move on to the new fire that God's got for us. God has got a power for us. God has got victory for us. And the only way that we can grasp hold of that is if we let go of the old with one hand so that our hand is free to grab hold of the new thing that God has got for us. We can so easily get caught in our comfort zones looking for a new job, a new relationship, a new opportunity. But God says, lay those things down. Be brave and step into the new of what I've got for you. So new wine needs new wine skins and expo- exposure. So what does new wine bring? And I've got a few things this morning. And as I've said, in, in Bible times, when they got to the point of harvest for the wine, it was a real time of celebration. And they would bring in the harvest of the grapes and they would bring them to the place where they squashed them. And they would have a celebration because they were excited about the new wine. Because the old wine tasted of vinegar and was horrible. And they were drinking it because they had to. But they were excited to taste the new wine, to taste something that didn't taste like vinegar, that actually tasted good in comparison 
Psalm 104 verse 14 tells us about this excitement. It says, your compassion brings the earth's harvest. Feeding the hungry, you cause the grass to grow for livestock, along with the fruits, grains and vegetables to feed mankind. You provide sweet wine to gladden hearts. You give us daily bread to sustain us, giving us glowing health for our bodies. It says you provide sweet wine to gladden our hearts. They celebrated when that wine came in. It was a season of celebration. It was a season where they, 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 they rejoiced. New wine brings that joy. And the process of making new wine, it would have to be picked. It would have to be put in the press. And then in, in those days, it would generally be trodden underfoot. They would have to tread it. Treading wine makes a mess. It squirts about and goes everywhere. It stains. It would have been everywhere. The grapes would have been crushed. If they got a really good one, it got a really good squirt in the eye. But pressing wine was not an easy process. And when you look at the Hebrew meaning of the word new wine, it means freshly pressed, squeezed, expelled, trodden out. Who fancies a bit of that this morning? Right, yes, Lord, do something new in me. I'd love to have some new wine. But actually, what does that mean? It means being freshly pressed and squeezed and expelled and trodden out. Oh, I don't know whether I want it. We're all up for the blessing and everything that follows, but the process that gets us there of the crushing and the pressing, and it's like, oh, I'll sing this wonderful song about new wine, do a new thing in me, make me a vessel, Lord. But actually, the process of getting there, the majority of us jump out to the wine press before the wine's made and go, I've had enough of that. I've had enough of the crushing. I've had enough of the difficulty. I've had enough of the tears and the heartbreak. I've had enough. But God says, new wine comes because of pressure. If you want something new to happen in you, there will be a pressure. There will be a crushing because the old has got to go. The old you, the old thought process, the old whatever it is has got to be moved out so something new can come in in place. Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2 says this. Bear with me, I'm sorry it's not on the screen. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and protector of faith. For the joy... Can you say, for the joy, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There was new wine when Jesus came, and he was crushed, and he was beaten, and he was on the cross. And if he didn't carry it through, then the joy that came after wouldn't have come. And the writer of Hebrews knew it. He knew that Jesus, for the joy before him, went through it. Can I encourage you? If you're going through it... Remember there's joy the other side. Remember that through the crushing and the difficulty, joy will come in the morning. And be encouraged. Encourage one another with your stories and your testimonies. 
I look back at my life and some of the hardships and difficulties that I've faced. And it gives me hope when I go through difficult times again. I think, well, God helped me through before. He can help me through again. God was with me before. He can be with me again. God brought good out of all that mess before. So he can do it again because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if he did it yesterday, he can do it today and he can do it tomorrow. And if you don't have that, those stories in your life, go and have a chat to someone who does and be encouraged by their stories and allow them to give you hope that when things do come and crush you and break you, don't jump out of the wine press, but allow God to complete the process in you so that the new wine, the blessing, the plenty can come out of you. New wine brings joy. Sometimes at the end of the process. New wine also brings fulfilled promises. You know, the story of the Israelites, they didn't always live in Israel. Many of you will know the story of Joseph and how he went to Egypt and the Israelites went to Egypt then and then and then. And then Moses brought them out of Egypt and delivered them. And God promised them a promised land. And on the journey to the promised land, God needed to teach them some new things and how to live as a society and show them how that would work. And it took them 40 years to get to the promised land from being in Egypt. And one of the promises God gave them before they left Egypt for when they got to the promised land is in Deuteronomy 33. And this is the promise God gave him. It says, so Israel will live in safety, prosperous Jacob in security, in a land of grain and new wine, while heavens drop down dew. There was no new wine in the wilderness. We've got to understand that. God made them a promise while they were in Egypt that he was going to take them to the promised land, a land that he said was flowing with milk and honey. So they trust him on this promise. God rescues them from Egypt with all these amazing things that he did. He brought them through a sea and made, it, made the, 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 I can't even speak. He made it dry underneath so they could walk through the sea. That's really bad English. I do apologize. If you don't know the story, go and watch the Ten Commandments. It's a classic film. But God brought them out of Egypt and promised them The promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of their own. When you've been in slavery for 400 years, that sounds pretty good. But then they just had to wander around the wilderness for 40 years. So they've got this promise, but there's no new wine in the wilderness. There is none. They lived on bread that fell from heaven and quail that they got so sick of when you eat the same thing over and over again. And that's what they lived on. There was no new wine. There was none. So when new wine came, when they finally got to the promised land, new wine is a symbol of fulfilled promises. And you may have promises that God's spoken over your life this morning. You may have promises that you believe in, that God said this, or God said this to me a long time ago, or, you know... And you may have been in the wilderness and thinking, where is this blessing? Where is the answer? Where is this promise fulfilled? Through the crushing, through the breaking, God is bringing 
new wine. Keep going, keep persevering, keep pushing through because as new wine comes, it fulfills those promises. And if you feel like you're in a wilderness time and you just don't know where God is in it, keep going because God's promises never fail. We may wonder where they are and we may wonder when they come, but God's promises never fail. When God promises new wine, when God promises plenty and blessing, God's promise will be fulfilled. But we've got to stick at it. We've got to stick with him. We've got to keep crushing our grapes and believing that in doing that, that new wine will come. The last thing I want to say to you this morning is that new wine brings miracles. John 2 verses 1 to 11. I'm not going to read it through, but just perhaps put it up on the screen. It's the story of Jesus when he goes to the wedding in Canaan. And Jesus and his friends basically get invited to a wedding. And the weddings aren't like our weddings. They lasted for like a whole week. So you needed plenty of food and plenty of wine to feed your guests and give them to drink. And it got so far and they ran out of wine, which was a shameful thing in those days. And Jesus' mother got wind of it and went and said to Jesus, you need to do something. And Jesus said, no, it's not my time. But she was just like, well, I'm just going to do what I think anyway. So she did. And she went, I never quite understand this bit. So she went and told the servants, just do what he says. So Jesus, I believe, acting on her faith and belief in him, said to the servants, go and fill the wine jars up with water and take them to be somebody to give them a drink, the master of ceremonies, whatever he was called. And so they did, and they took it to them. And when he tasted it, it wasn't water no more. It was wine, but it was better than the wine that they'd previously been serving. And he even passed comments on that. Why have you saved your best wine till now? He saved the best wine till now because Jesus has come to bring something new and to bring something fresh, to bring something better than before, to fulfill promises and bring the miraculous out. Where there's new wine, there's miracles. Where there's new wine, there's power. We see Jesus completely change something round. Let's look why, shall we? Because we can say all this and like, well, yeah, that's okay. But what does that all mean? It's amazing when we really consider what God can do in our lives. In the crushing, in the breaking that God can bring new wine out of us, that in the difficulties and the hardship, that God can do something amazing, that he can do something miraculous, that he can fulfill those promises that have been spoken over you. But the trick of it is, is to stick in the wine press and keep treading the wine. It's so easy to say, I've had enough, I'm going to go to a different church. I've had enough, I'm going to leave this relationship. I've had enough, I'm not going to stick at this anymore. I've had enough, just everyone just... God says, stick at the new wine making. Stick at it. Because when you stick at it, there's answers to those prayers. There's promises fulfilled. And the miraculous will come and change what you thought was a future and rewrite and recast it in a way that you would never possibly imagine. Let's read about someone who stayed in the wine press. Matthew 26, verse 38 to 42 says this. And this is Jesus. In the week leading up to his death, he went to Jerusalem and he shared a Passover meal with his disciples. And then following that, they went out and they prayed. 
And this is Jesus praying just before he was arrested. It says, then he said to them, that's Jesus, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. That's enough in itself. Jesus said, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Sometimes you can find yourself in circumstances where you think, I, I, I don't think I can cope with the grief and the feeling that I'm carrying. It's too much for me. Imagine, we just read over it. Whoa, this is what the Bible said. Just imagine for one moment that the grief and the tension and the pressure that was going on in Jesus' life, that he would say, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death, to the point where he thought, I'm going to die. I can't cope with this feeling. I can't cope with this grief. I can't cope with what is to come. You've got to understand that when you consider what he did. My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you men couldn't even keep watch with me for an hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus, their friend, is in a desperate need and they've just fell asleep. He says he went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away until I drink it, your will be done. Luke 22 verse 44 says it like this. It says, he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Jesus sweat blood. He was in that much agony. People do do it. It is a medical fact. It can happen. But Jesus was in so much grief in his spirit and fear maybe of what was to come and anguish about it that he sweat blood. New wine was pouring out before he even started in the crushing and the breaking of what he was going through and the trial that he went through. The new wine was already beginning to show. Jesus was that new wine. Jesus, when he died on that cross and his blood was shed in the crushing and the breaking, he poured out the new wine of his covenant, covenant for the forgiveness of sins, for the resurrection of the dead and for eternal life. So now we live in the blessing of the new wine. We live in the blessing of the plenty that brings a new covenant of his kingdom to us that says you no longer have to live where you are, but there's eternal life for you. So if you don't know Jesus this morning he says know me that you may have eternal life Jesus had a bigger vision than the current moment he found himself in Jesus' vision was bigger than that moment of prayer where he sweat blood Jesus' vision was bigger than that moment he hung naked on the cross saying Father forgive them they do not know what they're doing Jesus' vision was so much bigger and his new wine was poured out of him through that crushing. He knew 
the God who began that new work in him would see it through to completion. And this morning, I wanna challenge you. Don't stop pressing the wine halfway through because if Jesus had stopped pressing the wine halfway through, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be able to live in the victory of what he did on the cross because he was challenged. Come down, get the angels to pull you down. Can you imagine? Those people who say, don't bother with that anymore. Don't do that anymore. Come with us instead. Stick at it. Stick at the pressing. I know it hurts. I know there's a crushing. I know there's a difficulty. But if you allow God to keep working in your life, then the miraculous will burst forth. Because we saw with Jesus, how many other people have been raised from the dead? Well, a few had when they've been prayed for, let's be honest. Someone will come and tell me after. But Jesus was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead. And with him, he brought the keys of death and hell. With him, he brought eternal life and forgiveness of sins. In the crushing and the breaking, he was making new wine. And we can live in that new wine today as we are crushed and broken through circumstances, as we are crushed and broken through difficulties. When life comes upon you and you feel yourself being crushed and broken, then know that God can do something amazing out of it. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, and if the band would like to join me, says this. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ... He has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. Jesus was crushed and broken and the new wine came forth from him. And he calls us this morning through the difficulty, through the hardship, to allow the new wine to come out of us. And I want to encourage you this morning as we sing this song. If you find yourself at a place where you think, I just, I just don't know where God is in this. I don't know who God is anyway. I, just don't, I don't even know God. That God wants to meet you where you're at today. That God wants to encourage you and help you in the process. That God wants to say to you, follow after Jesus. As he kept going and pushed in to break through that that new wine would come. That new wine, the symbol of plenty. The symbol of an abundance. The symbol of harvest. That God can do that in your life. If you choose to lay down the old and step up into the new, if you choose to put aside what was and come into the new things of what God is doing with his spirit.